At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a hundred televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for. And they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it. And I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The athletic club, Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. More huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? Our master of all things sound and video, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, three-man booth today, no guest. And to be honest with you, thank God, here's why. I am pissy. I am so pissy today after that fucking loss against Minnesota. And it's so much harder to be whiny and bitchy in front of a guest. So hopefully you guys can help me out of my current mental state. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm, I'm not in the best of moods as you find me today. Yeah, uh, you're not going to find much support over here to get you out of that. It's it's weird. I think when when there were you know, like less expectations, a loss like that didn't really matter. And we just kind of like, oh yeah, well, well, we weren't expected to win. Now that we expect to win, I take them so much harder. Like I was legitimately dejected just watching that fourth quarter in overtime and, and seeing the reasons just multiply and repeat themselves why we're losing it. That Steph pass um, where he just threw it to nobody for no reason it was just like, you could just tell he was like, here we go again. We're yeah. Here. Okay. You're not making me feel better. It turns out you were hundred percent right. You're a fucking soothsayer. And you're also right. I mean, go back to like the Cohen era when they're winning 19 games, dude, they're losing everything. I didn't have any of the angst I'm currently bringing to this podcast. I'd sit there. They'd lose by 40. As long as they gave me a free Chalupa, I was fairly happy driving home, you know, and as we'll explore in a moment, my reactions last night were anything but happy. But I tell you what, let's jump in, all right? Glass half full, generally speaking, boys, is where we look back. You give me something you like or don't like. Um, Maxine, we haven't heard from you. You already know I'm going to be giving you a you know two shotgun blasts of don't like. So I'll save that in the pocket for a moment. Let you go first, man. What do you got? Does that mean I'm supposed to give you something I like? That was, uh, I mean, 
I, only if you have it. If not, be honest. You know, this is this is your true self, man. You don't have to paint a a smile onto this. I'm sure that this is hitting a lot of disappointed earballs out there. So, you know, how are you feeling? What did you like? Or if it's don't like, what'd you don't like? Not great. I don't like this trend that we get up by double digits and then continue to blow it. I don't like no, the trend. Like no, yeah, it's it's not my favorite thing in the world. Um, especially because I'm habituated over the, the past few years in watching Prime Steph to when the double digit leads go up, they stay up. You know, I'm used to also the superstars being the ones that uh, aren't, you know, if we do have a bad game, it's not really their fault. And it's, it's more and more consistently the case that, you know, it's feeling like it's last night it was Steph, but you know, I, I, I saw a stat going around. I guess if, if there's one thing that I like, it's that Clay Thompson had statistically the best month of his career uh, in January. That's fantastic, you know, but it still doesn't feel like I could trust him on a night to night basis the way I want to. And that goes across the board for, you know, our all-star players. That's just not a really good feeling right now. Fuck no, it's not. Uh, here, what do I not like? I don't like losing games. I don't like losing games to teams that are shittier than us without their stars. And I don't like losing games to teams that are shittier than us without their stars because of our fucking turnovers. Because we just don't care because we show up with no urgency. But you know the thing I dislike the most, and, and I'm embarrassed by this, but I, you know, I'm always forthcoming. It's just you two. I'm sure no one will hear it. I don't like what this team's losses does to my mental health. MT, you just kind of gave us a, a glimpse that this really upset you. Here's what I did after the game ended. I, I slowly walked up and down my hallway, not talking to anybody. And then ultimately decided I had to go to the bathroom. In fact, I had to piss. But when I went in there, boys, I sat to piss just so that I could have enough time to sit there and just be angry. I sat in that bathroom for like five minutes, dude. And I am such a psychopath that my wife, knowing really all I was doing was soaking, never even came in or checked on me. Just knew like, no, this is his reaction. He happens to lose his mind when they don't play well. That's not healthy. It's not a healthy thing at all. I don't like that. MT, what do you got? Um, so I liked how we played, obviously, you know, the first three quarters, um, it was, I, I liked that Wiggins was back to being a, a defensive stopper. Um, I liked the DiVincenzo is kind of filling that defensive role that we lost from GP two. Um, you know, and I, I like, obviously the fourth quarter is bad. Um, but Minnesota was, you know, top three hottest teams in the league right now. They didn't have Gobert, but they haven't had cat during that run so it wasn't like they were playing terrible D'Lo got hot which isn't normal and we had a chance to win it Steph just didn't make that you know jump shot jump shot from right inside the three so I think there are some positives to take away from it but overall you know you see that stat of uh, how we fare in overtime games like it feels like we condition ourselves to play 48 minutes and as soon as if we have to play a 49th minute it is over it's like Steph is one for 13 you know, in all it, the last five games, however many, and like we're owing whatever. So um, if that doesn't bode well. It just means we'll have to win it in, in regulation if we're if we're hoping for another successful run. I mean, I'll give you, here's something I like, and it bleeds into something I don't, right? Something I like. I still believe this team has championship talent and is pursuing a championship this year. 
but it's those expectations, right? That is, that is leading to this frustration. I mean, it's just, it's what we've already said in the open of the show. But if I, if, if, if they had no shot at it, if this was a playing team and that's exactly how I viewed them, then fine, man, you know, shitty losses happen and I'm with it. It's the fact that they have talent and should be playing better that is slowly sucking my soul out with every, you know, not only turnover, but sloppy turnover. Um, here, I'll give you something I actually do like. I like that after Minnesota gave us Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Kuminga, we gave them a W. So there you go, Minnesota. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, we, we've paid you back. Uh, anything that you like out of this, Maxine, before we turn to the golden questions? Yeah, I mean, MT reminded me of a couple of things, right? One, I like Kuminga's athleticism. It's, it's continuing to be a bright spot in a season. You know, it's it being... You know, you learn how to find the small things. Ideally, it wouldn't be when you have an all-world talent like Steph on the team, but, you know, it's a sign of optimism for the future. That's great. I also do like that the the turnover pace is not something that is irregular for this Warriors team, right? We're sort of right on uh, on pace with how we've been in years that we've won championships. That's fine. You know, admittedly, the ways that we're turning the ball over, it's not because we're trying to be overly crafty. It's because we're just spacing out. Um, but, that you know... The, uh, the the ball movement comes with a lot of turnovers. That's what we come to understand for this team. And so, like, if I take a step back and take a breath and listen to MT's sage wisdom, you know, as he pervades over us uh, lunatics, um, I realize that okay, maybe it's not as bad as I'm real as I'm thinking. You've given me something I don't like. MT's sage wisdom. It bothers me. <laughs> I don't like you being so calm all the time. I watched a lot of the game yesterday up at this club I'm a member of, and they got a, like, I don't know, a common room. I'm in there watching. And you remember that play where they had the turnover in the backcourt or Steph threw it to nobody in particular, and it just fucking, you know, went out of bounds. So we're like 10 seconds removed from that. And this random, very nice woman, she looked like Mrs. Fields from the Mrs. Fields uh, cookie company, asked me who they're playing. And I said, the name's on the screen. And that was it. We didn't, like, there was nothing else. You know, that lady, like, slowly walked out. Everybody hated me, I think. Um, and I, I'm sure that if MT had been there, he would have sagely told her, no, they are playing Minnesota, which would have bothered me as well. Um, okay. I'm surprised. I'm impressed you know what Mrs. Fields looks like. Oh, I, I used to hit those cookies hard. I used to go to Bayfair Mall. There used to be one right in the beginning. Shout out Bayfair Mall. And I'd go and get so many cookies that when I reached into the bag, I would start sweating. Like immediately, like it was like preemptive overweight sweat, which is what it is. Not something I'm proud of. But I tell you what, weaponize your sage wisdom, Marcus, because here's our first golden question. And I'd like your take on it because um, I'm not sure. I'm still trying to decide myself. Here's the question. Quote, why is a team with four recent titles and a payroll of $89 billion having trouble closing out games? So I did a little research, and they're right. The payroll is $89 billion, which is higher than I thought. No, the, the idea is obvious. This team has championship aspirations, championship pedigree, championship talent. They are losing games frequently in the fourth quarter. Last night, they were up 14. Why? You know, what do you think, man? Um, and you know, any optimism is appreciated, but we just want your real take. Um, I think it's because we have championship rings. Uh, it's it's really hard to get up and, and get yourself motivated for an additional championship. You know, going from one to two is really hard. I can't imagine how hard it is from three to four. I think this last one had a bit of an FU on it because – the Warriors were overlooked. We were injured for two years and, you know, everybody was 
the narrative was without KD, you couldn't have won. And, you know, the first one was a fluke. So um, I think that kind of drove it. And now they need a different type of motivation and it's, it's not there and, and you can see it. Um, as some of the people are commenting, you know, on on YouTube, or we're old too, so I, I think that factors into it. But you know, all in all, the the ability to stay focused and close down games comes down to our execution for the first three quarters. We're used to being so far ahead in the first three quarters. We would have Steph and Clay sit out entire fourth quarters, and that was like the norm. Um, we're not there anymore. We're only up by eight, 10, you know, 12 points instead of 22, 26. Um, so they have to play and Steph has to come back in and you can just tell they're a little more tired. They're not as focused. They're not as hungry for it. Um, and the execution lacks like for a few passes, like the first three quarters, we had ball movement. We had everything that we're accustomed to seeing and known for, you know, we're racking up assists. Every bucket is an assist paired with it and then that fourth quarter comes and Steph dribbles all the way and then takes a shot and it's Steph so you're like well he can get away with it but then Clay comes down and does it and then Poole does it and it's like there's no movement there's no flow to it we're not a good team if we're trying to isolate and act like everybody's KD that's not where our strength is and we will lose those games so I think it just comes down to you got to find that source of hunger for championship number five, and also find a way to rest our aging core. Okay. Two follow-ups on that, right? Because I've got three possible reasons, three possible answers to this, and you just hit two of them. First one, disinterested. Second, getting old. I've got a couple follow-ups for the disinterested. Here's my first. Why the hell are they only disinterested in the fourth quarter? I mean, like if, if it's the regular season that they have no problem, you know, like if, if the idea is, look, man, we've been to the dance, regular season doesn't mean shit. Then why are they motivated through quarters one through three? And then the fourth rolls around is when they fall apart. And then the second thing that I've, I've had some problems with, um, and I'll, I'll overuse an analogy we've used in the past. Uh, let's say the three of us play poker all the time in my garage. No money, just for fun. We love it. And do it for years, do it for years. And then after a while, I get an invite to the World Series of Poker. And I play for $10 million, you know. And then I come back and I want to play in that garage. Chances are the garage game means less. If I go to two World uh, Series of Poker, three, four, every time the stakes get huge, those lower stakes mean less to me. So I can see if the Warriors won championships, went to the finals, there's going to be times where, you know, the regular season games don't matter. But... That's where the phrase wake-up call comes in, right? That's what Steve Kerr keeps saying. Let me let me continue the analogy. Let's say all that happens, but at the end of the day, I come and play you guys and you beat my ass in the garage. <laughs> I might be disinterested that first time, maybe still the second time. By the fourth time you've beat my ass, by the fifth time, you've got my attention. It's no longer stakes. I don't get why that's not happening. You know, this isn't the beginning of the season anymore. What's your response to that? Well, I think part of it is it's they haven't hit the panic button because they haven't needed to. They played this terribly in this many fourth quarters and we were still fifth in the Western Conference, you know, prior to last game. So, you know, I think part of it is an unfortunate byproduct of the fact that the West is so jumbled and, you know, seeds three through 12 are so close to each other that we haven't had to face any real panic yet because we go on a losing streak and then we win two games and all of a sudden we're, we're not even in the playoff. We're like, we're, 
we're in the playoffs. But isn't the the opposite of that true too? We lose a game. You know, yesterday we woke up in in fifth place. Today we woke up in the play-in. You know, they have another couple of losses. They're going to wake up out of the playoffs entirely. I mean, I I get, I understand that everything's jumbled up, but that should also maybe provide urgency, not a lack of it. You know, um, Maxime, what do you think, man? You know that what's what's your response? Why can this team not close? Yeah, I in some ways I agree with you, Bram, uh, about the the poker situation, but I think that's a little bit over overly simplistic, right? Because there there is no you know it's not like we're playing in your garage and if we win enough then we get a you know an invite into the world championships right there's there's actually a correlation between the regular sure. season and the postseason even though you know Draymond likes to say 82 versus 16 game players but I, I don't know I, on one hand I'm a little bit worried I'm a little bit worried because it seems like Steph kind of took his foot off the gas and I and I and and I'm, my concern is you come into the game with a certain motivation and you leave the game with a different motivation. And what that says to me is Steph comes in and he's saying to himself or maybe they had a huddle before the game and said like all right it's time to t- to flip the switch. You hear Steve Kerr talking about it, right? The team is aware that it's time to go on a run. And they get in, they galvanize, they walk out onto the court, they're ready to go, they're firing on all cylinders and then mistakes start to happen because this team is young, right? Because you know, Jordan Poole makes some boneheaded move or, or whatever, or Jonathan Kaminga is not doing the type of defense that we would expect based on all of the reps we're putting in in practice. And eventually, if I'm Steph, I kind of I start to give up. And what that says to me is maybe Steph actually doesn't see that this team has the championship medal that he was hoping for, you know, when he started the quarter based on how practices have gone recently or whatever. And then you add on top of that what MT is saying about how he probably is exhausted. Anthony Edwards is talking after the game about how he still marvels at how hard Steph works when he's off the ball, right? He was like, yeah, if I passed it, I would be over in the corner catching my breath. And Steph is just immediately cutting back and and making those moves. But Steph's getting older. You know, that's going to take a toll on you. And I feel like that's the reason that you start to see, you know, like Steph threw away the ball in that fourth quarter in a way that I don't think I've ever seen him do before. That's exhaustion, right? That's not a stupid mistake. That's because he's so tired that he can't do it anymore. And that starts to be concerning when, you know, Steph and Clay were supposed to be, you know, in their prime, one and two in the league for miles covered in the game. It's not a good sign when our dude is running out of steam if that's such an integral part of how he's operating. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So let me add the third thing. Okay, because it, it's a good transition what you just added, and then let's revisit this. I want, you know, let's let's have a final vote from all of us. So so far, what have we identified? Disinterested. They don't care about the regular season. Why would they? They play for championships. Championships aren't on the line yet. Two, getting old. Yeah, you know, love Steph, love Clay, love Draymond. They aren't rookies, and it's possible by the end of the game, they're feeling a little bit gashed. Option three, Maxime, pull up that tweet for me. Um, and so this is from Marcus Thompson, the second, I'll just go ahead and read it. It's clear that going seven and a half deep hurts the warriors in the long run. Got to expand the rotation. They looked gassed. So we have talked about how the young guys are not contributing. Right. And in fact, I mean, I think it's fair to say that it's not the young guys who are throwing the games away in the fourth. It's the core. But what MT two is insinuating here 
is that because they can't count on the young guys, because they have a bunch of wasted spots, you know, Wiseman's giving them zero minutes. Moody's giving them zero minutes that they, that Kerr only trusts seven and a half people that by the time we get to the fourth quarter, the, it's not that they're too old. It's not that they're too disinterested. It's that they've already had to use up too much of their tank getting there. And now they're gassed in the fourth. And so this spoke to me um, so much so, and we'll explore this in a second. It had me rethink what we talked about earlier this week, whether or not a trade was necessary, right? Um, so you can pull down the tweet now that we've read it. There's the three, the three things that I um, am trying to decide between. Disinterest, getting old, and the idea that the rotation isn't deep enough. I'm going to go, the rotation isn't deep enough. In some ways, that's defensive. You know, I'm, I'm not ready to say these guys are too old. I'm already pissy today. I don't need to say that they're, you know, they're on the downside. Um, I think that there's some real truth to the disinterest. In fact, you know, fuck, man, they're not mutually exclusive. You know, it's probably much closer to a Venn diagram of these three things than one specifically. But if I have to pick one, it's all, I'll, you know, hop on with MT2 for you guys. We've talked about it a little bit now. You know, if you had to pick one, what is it? MT, we'll go back to you. Is it still disinterest? What What do you think? I'm with you. I think it's rotation. I mean, we we have enough guys where playing seven and a half shouldn't be what we do. You know, like Kavan has been moved to the bench. Um, so Kavan, DiVincenzo, you know, Kaminga, and then we're giving a ton of minutes to Lamb. So there's four right there. Yep. That should take us nine deep to give guys breaks. We're we're playing a regular season game against Minnesota with our playoff rotation. So, um, you know, I think that probably has to do with Steve Kerr's mentality and trust in that bench and yep. calls for a trade so that he feels like he can call on somebody else. And just as a random aside, you know, like I don't remember what their payroll is. It's not 89 billion, but it's, you know, it's 500 million plus something like that. If you describe to somebody like, all right, this is a $500 million team. Now I gave you a multiple choice thing. You tell me what you think that means. And one of them said they only go seven and a half deep. That's the one I'm crossing off. You know, it's like, okay, it's not C like for sure. They're going to have enough people. They're paying fucking $500 million. And the idea that this is a, an actionable problem um, is a little bit concerning, you know, and it's that they overvalued the young guys. It's, it's not a new take, but it is a new consequence of that problem. Uh, Maxime, what do you think, man? Pick one of the three options. I just like to, for no other reason than, well, for many other reasons, but also just for some sort of optimism in all of this. You know, that's something that we can actually change. You know, yep. I mean, I know we don't have much time here. There's seven days left, but that's that's something that can change. And when we talk about 16-game players, I do, you know, we're talking about an 82-game season. Like, if he's gassed, dude, you know, you, you send him out, we, we get the five seed, we get the four seed, whatever, with enough of a buffer of games left to go that he can that Steph can take a little bit of a break in the final three, four games, get ready for the playoffs. That's the type of thing I know that they can get ready, that they're in the type of shape where they've got a few more runs in them at least if, if, uh, if the team around them is constructed in a way to get them there. Well, the thing that's changed for me is that, I mean, when we were evaluating the trade request before, it was really um, playoffs. Do we need another guy to have championship aspirations? And what I kept saying is, well, Kaminga is going to develop and Jermichael Green will be playing. And no, I think we'll be okay. But what Marcus Thompson has helped me see is that we need an expansive roster to help with the regular season, man. You know, we are mm. losing 
at this point, it is pure hubris to say all they need is a wake-up call. This isn't one game. It's not five games. It's enough now. You know, there, there is more than just motivation at stake. And if we've identified that, then we have till the ninth to make a move. Um, MT, we didn't have you earlier in the week. The question was, do the Warriors need a trade? You know, weaponize it now, man. What do you think? Do they? I think so. Um, I think if nothing for nothing else, just the injection of new blood and, uh, you know, like that addition will help energize the team a little bit. Um, I was disappointed to see Miles Turner sign that extension with yeah. uh, Indiana and effectively take him off the market. I mean, you could still trade for him, but you're not going to, we're not going to trade for a $30 million player now. So um, that was disappointing. So, you know, you turn to players like Caruso, um, you see Matisse Tybel's name being thrown out there now, um, you know, like, but are those really game changers? I mean, Tybel is interesting, you know, like he's, He's effectively the 2023 version of Andre Roberson and what he was for Oklahoma City Thunder those years that we were battling them. You know, like really, really good on defense, pretty, pretty poor shooting the ball and on offense. So I don't know what that gives us, but, you know, there's there's a strong argument to be made that with Steph, Clay, Poole, and Wiggins, we don't really need any more offense. We need somebody to help, you know, on the defensive end. So... Um, I think ultimately a trade is needed, but not because we can't get it out of our guys talent wise. I think just mentally it, it's needed to, in order to inject a little something different and, and have the mental aspect come with, OK, we made a change and now we're ready to go. I don't think it's just mental energy. I think it's physical energy. It's not talent. It's not an infusion of like, oh, we don't have enough talent to get this done. But I mean, you know, let's keep using Marcus Thompson, the second's point. If we trade out, so Matisse Theibel has been new since we first started talking about um, the possibility. And the suggestion is Moody, plus maybe a first or second round pick and the money works. If that that just happens, if they take a dead roster spot right now and bring in a guy that Kerr can actively use, then that tweet we just read is no longer applicable. We're up to eight and a half, right? And so for that reason alone, I I, I don't know if it's typable for sure. I'm not ready to mortgage like Kuminga and Wiseman and everybody together, but I do think we need another body now. And I'm if if they could do something palatable for Thibault, I, I looked at the contract scenario. Thibault's at $4 million right now, but he's in his last year. And so Philly, I would imagine, doesn't want to re-sign him on a bigger contract. They don't know where they're going. They don't want to give him that money. And Moody, who's younger and still has a few years left on the rookie deal, might be palatable to them. You know, that might make sense to them. So there's there's some rationale behind it. Uh, Maxime, what do you think, man? Revisit last week. You were the guy who said they needed a trade. Is, does this underline what you were saying before? Yeah, my stance hasn't changed. I don't know who it is, and and I don't know that Bob Myers is going to be capable of pulling off, you know. I guess I'm not going to be disappointed. I will be disappointed, but I won't be blaming Bob Myers if we get to the other side of this without a trade that actually really impacts us all that much just because the landscape is tricky. We've been talking about it ad nauseum. There's not that much out there that really moves the needle for us. Matisse Thibault is interesting, you know. Alex Caruso is also interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I in an ideal world, the roster would look a little bit different come February 9th. You know what I would have done if I was Bob Myers? Last night, the second that the horn sounded in overtime and I lost, I would have shot a contract demand to Joe Lacob via email. Like, just reminded him, like, oh, I'm not actually under contract, dude. You may want to sew this up because it's pretty obvious you need my skill set right now. Um, 
who knows? Maybe he did that. And we just, you know, I'm not on their email chain, which is weird. I've, I keep trying to get in there, but so far they have not sent it to me. I've last, got another last pod. Did you guys, sorry, last pod, did you talk about Myers, the article that Myers might not even be back? Yeah, thanks for listening, MT. I really appreciate yeah. you uh, knowing that answer. <laughs> I mean, you piece of shit. You couldn't have asked that off mic and then like immediately showing that you don't even listen at all. We did. We um, we covered it in spades and we had Mark uh, come in, Medina, and dropped knowledge on it. Um, his assumption was at the end of the day, they would get something done. Um, but the concern remained. I mean, I... I for me, I just don't get why are you playing games with this? You know, there, there, let me put it this way. There's a piece of missing information. Maybe the information is that Lacob isn't as, as cash heavy as we think. Maybe they're not making as much money as it is. Maybe there's a nasty disagreement between them. I don't know. But as the thing stands, it doesn't make any sense to me that a team that is basically printing money. I, I just watched Jurassic Park. Forgive me. This is a random fucking analogy. Hopefully it'll land. But there's the scenes where, where John Hammond, the, the creator of Jurassic Park, at least in the beginning, keeps saying, we've spared no expense, we spared no expense. That's basically been Lacob's line for the Warriors. You know, they just go like, I will spend anything. We're light years ahead. The idea that they're sparing expense on the GM, you know, where the rubber meets the road, the guy who is in charge of making sure that the talent is here, I don't understand. And so there must be some missing information. You know, and I, I just, I hope they get it together, man. Um, so yeah, I, answer, I remember, I remember you talking about that last pod. Thank you. Yeah, sure you do. Fuck yourself, Marcus. Um, is there any way we can kick him off now, Maxime? <laughs> I mean, this is a totally unacceptable. Since you didn't listen, we didn't have you. Do you have any Bob Myers thoughts? Um, well, Maxime bringing it up just made me think about it. Like, you know, I, I hope and think that he should stay. Absolutely, he's been a critical architect to this successful run. Um, I agree. There's got to be some missing information why it would even be a question. Hopefully that missing information is just a lack of desire on Bob Myers' side to continue doing it, not on Joe Lacob or the Warriors wanting to keep him. Um, but, you know, to Maxime's question and why I thought of it was, if he doesn't do a trade, does that impact the view of him? Like if there are those conversations happening and he doesn't pull the trigger on a trade and he just says, no, we need to stick with what we've got. Um, you know, does that impact the view of him internally, depending on probably how deep we go in the playoffs? I had you give me that response so that I could tune out and not listen to you the way you didn't listen to us. <laughs> I hope it was entertaining. I'll never know. I'm not going to listen to it on the playback either. You can F yourself. So it is what it, no, I, for obvious reasons, I did hear you. Um, I mean, I can only answer personally. Will it impact me? No, he's earned my trust. There, there's a reason why I'm as pissy as I am that they haven't resigned him. It's because I think he's really good at what he does and he knows more about the Warriors and what he can do with the Warriors than I do. And so if he evaluates this and they decide not to make a deal, he's earned my, nope, that's fine. This doesn't impact how I view you, you know, um, but we'll see where it goes. Uh, boys, we're already running long. So I'll give you the last thing for today. And it's just to you, MT. Um, 
Last week, another thing you're probably not aware of since you did not listen at all is we fielded another zombie question. By the way, Maxime, I want some credit that I never brought up the words Muggsy or Bogues when we did this uh, earlier. It came up in the comments, so, you know, the diehards know. And I I assumed that your butthole was kind of tight as we did the whole thing waiting for Muggsy Bogues to be thrown out there. I know you're not a big fan of that back and forth, but... I don't don't understand. That's a great take. It was one of the worst takes we've ever had. But it it wasn't rehashed last week, and we need it back to you. Marcus, there is a zombie show currently going, Last of Us. The question was, you are stuck in the zombie apocalypse. You get one Warriors member. can be front office, anybody you want. Who would you pick to help you and your family through the uh, post-apocalyptic world? Mm. Um, Well, listening to the episode, I know you picked Draymond, so I won't (laughs) pick him. Um, (laughs) Cut that out, Maxine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go, just to be different, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with PBJ. I think he is quiet, and it's always the quiet ones that you have to watch out for. And the fact that he never even had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich until like two months ago means that this dude knows how to survive off of other stuff. And... I'm going to need that skill in the zombie apocalypse. Here's the weird, so I, I know we don't have time, so I'll just keep my critique on that quick. I don't know anything about PBJ. That might be on the money, but it also really worries me putting somebody on your zombie team you know nothing about. Maybe he's like a sleep screamer, you know, like who knows? Maybe he has like a really bad temper. We know nothing about him, dude. So it could be like the perfect pick, or you could find out at the exact wrong time that this fool likes singing for no reason. You know, now, now you're stuck with him singing in your fucking in your zombie uh your zombie bunker you just um, love the zombies to sleep just like I- <laughs> one peanut butter and jelly sandwich at a time also i still don't believe that he didn't have a pbj until now no one will ever at any point ever be able to convince me of that boys let's get out of here hopefully uh brighter pastures are ahead the warriors play denver tonight we're not going to actually get to you know we're we're recording before that game so maybe when people listen to this there's there's much more reason for optimism and there's a whole different world out there but we appreciate you guys listening you want to shoot us a question let us know we've done a good job bad job any job you can shoot that too huddle at warriorshuddle.com and our only form of uh, social media is on twitter that one's at warriors huddle And I think we're going to organize another Patreon row where our Patreon supporters come on out and ask questions. If you'd like to participate in that or support us for as little as a dollar a month, hop on Patreon, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, look up Warriors Huddle. You'll find us there. Appreciate you guys. Go Warriors. Hopefully see you next week. Good, good. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. Engineering your success. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.